0: of the speak plainly podcast where we speak plainly about things that matter i am your host abel medicine and in today's podcast we're gonna be talking about something that probably doesn't actually really matter but getting there is fun and challenging so anyway today's topic is a it's a theory of mine that I've had for a couple of years, and I've talked about it with multiple people who found it very fun and and poignant. So I'll just share this. This is going to be a lighthearted episode, especially compared to the normal trauma stuff that we cover on a regular basis. So this fun little theory of mine is about why beards are so popular. Why is it that... Men wear beards now, like so many men male bodied individuals have always been able to grow facial hair, most of them right it's different for different it's different for different ethnicities, but for the most part, if you're a dude and you want to grow facial hair, you can do that now if if you want to grow facial hair period, you can do that, and that's dope but what's interesting to me. Is the fact that like everybody is wearing a beard. Like every every male bodied individual Everybody loves beards. Gay men love beards. Women love beards. Other straight men love beards. Bi men love beards. Everybody loves beards. Why do we love beards so much? It used to be not very long ago. Only clean shaven men were like taken seriously. Only clean shaven men were professional and were attractive in that way. Um, Like this really for me started with the lumber sexual thing that happened in like the late 2000s or the late 2010s, like the 2012s, the 2000, yeah, the 2010 to 2015, I don't I don't even know, whenever that was, the big lumbersexual thing when that was blowing up on the internet and memes were pretty new. That's when I really noticed it and I've thought about it over time and this is a really big it's a really big trend right so why there's got to be a reason it doesn't just happen and i understand that that there are cycles in fashion and we recycle the same things over and over and over again and this doesn't seem to be a thing that we've recycled from typical western style no place recently um because usually like our styles are 25 to 35 years behind and they just keep like we keep reinventing the same things that were around 25 years ago we're back to we're back to low-waisted pants and things from the 90s that everybody loved then and that everybody loves now so what's interesting to me is why 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 are there so many people wearing beards? And here's my philosophy on it. And it has everything to do with femininity. Now, you're probably being like, what in the world does femininity and beards have in common? Or what do they have to do with each other? Um, and fe- not even, I guess, femininity is the wrong word. It would be feminism. Feminism and beards. And I, I think feminism is the cause of beards right now. I think that one of the most powerful, and I'm an intersectionalist, I don't believe there is one cause for anything ever. There's always a whole, Gaggle of reasons that anything happens, and this, there's no difference here. I believe the same thing here, but I do find it fun to try to figure out what the hierarchy of influences are because some things obviously have more influence and some things have less influence. So, when we're looking at the one thing, what people are usually looking at is what is the one thing that has the most influence on this, and then hoping that if they can change that one thing, it'll change the outcome. But with beards. I think feminism and the rise of feminism is the cause of beards. Okay, so I know that sounds a little strange, but hold on. Can you tell me what expressions of masculinity are safe for good men to express in 2023? I'll wait. Really? Can you—what—what— Expressions of masculinity are safe for a man to express in 2023, 2022, 2020. How many expressions are there of masculinity that are actually safe to express? Because we can't open doors, we can't like pay for dinner, you can't be macho, you can't, there's just like, there's so many things that men can't do. And this is not a men's rights episode, but I think that is an interesting topic that could be breached on another episode. This is not a men's rights thing at all. This is focusing actually on women's rights and the resulting impact on men's expression of themselves. So we're getting, we're getting to the heart of it slowly but surely I want to bring you with me along this little ride into understanding my little theory as to why beards are so popular and so sexy so we have as a nation finally been putting women closer to where they belong in positions of leadership and positions of power it is long overdue but it's finally happening And this is happening within a patriarchy, right? So the men have been in charge and in order for women to have a seat at the table, that table either needs to get bigger or men are going to have to leave. There are some men who are going to have to leave the table or that table is going to have to get bigger and motherfuckers be greedy. So that table is not going to get any bigger. So as feminism rises and the rights of women are no longer being infringed and we're allowing them their expression and their power and their influence on the world, men have to adjust. There is an adjustment period. What I see as the cause of it is I see that women as they're coming into their power and being like this is not okay this is not okay and we are finding out as as a nation and as a world that a lot of the behaviors that were associated with masculinity are were terrible they were they were toxic they were not okay but as with correcting anything there is always an overcorrective state and there are some ways that we are overcorrecting for the most part like that's fine we 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 have to we have to kind of turn this wheel so women can have the power that they deserve in so doing men have to find new ways to express their masculinity that is safe like i said we can't open doors we can't pay for we can't pay for dinner the the traditional gender roles are seen as something bad and i don't think that they are i don't think they're bad inherently i think following any kind of prescription blindly is bad and we've been following one prescription blindly for so long it's created toxicity but i don't think gender roles are bad i don't think roles are bad and here's why When you go into a job, you have a role. You sign a contract that says, this is my role. And you can say, this is above my pay grade. This is not in my lane. And you have a job to do and you do it well. And in a partnership, in a marriage, where you are both whole human beings with your own lives and perspectives and everything and you've agreed to do things together and oftentimes that includes children, managing two whole-ass lives and a whole-ass baby's life is a lot of work and it does well to have roles to play. Now, how you divide up those roles is utterly arbitrary. We have just divided them traditionally through gender because it was easy. Unfortunately, following protocols blindly always leads to negative outcomes, in my opinion. So I don't think gender roles are a bad thing. I think following them blindly is a bad thing. And that's what's happened and created this toxic masculinity issue that has really acted as a fire to push to push feminism to the forefront. And women being like, uh, fuck no, this is some bull. And they're right. So in realizing that so much of the expressions of masculinity that we have had in the western world and the united in the culture here in the us and in the west so many of our of our habits have been toxic that it's hard to it's hard to separate out the ones that are okay and this is where beards come in so say that you are a 20 year old guy You're a sophomore in college or brand new, two years into the military, halfway through your, well, either finishing up, I guess, if you're army or halfway through your contract or you're a sophomore in college, you're 20 years old. Think about what it was like to be 20 years old. And now think about being 20 years old right now as a heterosexual man. What might it be like trying to express your masculinity as a heterosexual traditional guy who's built for that, who's built for the the more traditional stuff, somebody who is naturally conservative, maybe an earth sign like a Capricorn or a Taurus or something, how is that man supposed to express their masculinity in a way that can draw a partner? Because if you're trying to draw a female partner and you like feminine women— Then how are you supposed to draw them and attract to them if they are attracted to masculinity, but you are uncertain how to express your masculinity in a way that isn't toxic because basically everything is toxic nowadays. And we're recognizing, like I said, much of our gender roles and stuff have become toxic. I don't think they were toxic to begin with, but they have. And now we have this problem of everything associated with masculinity has this association of toxicity, except one. Beards. (laughs) I really think it's that simple. I know this is kind of a, this is silly. It's a bit of a silly episode, but I really like looking at big societal shifts and big societal trends and wondering what other huge societal trend could be influencing another. And when I zoom out to look at the scope of the beard thing, the Like one of the few options I see that are obvious, that could be an obvious influencer that is an appropriate scale of influence to make an impact is feminism. So to me, I think this is why the beard craze has like started 10 years ago. And I think it's going to continue for another 10 years or so. I really do. It might be over by 3030 or 2030, <laughs> it might be over by 2030, but I don't think it's going to be over any sooner than that because we have at least an entire generation, honestly, probably two and a half before we really figure out what, a what as a nation, we agree culturally are safe expressions of masculinity. It, it all got chopped up and, and disappeared into gender roles and now things that are associated with masculinity may or may not be masculine they're just associated with the role that the male bodied person in a relationship played so i know it's kind of silly but think about it for a little while right like it's it's fun and it's interesting to think on about things on this scale it's how i pass time anyway i hope you find it enjoyable doesn't it make sense though like doesn't it make sense does this make sense to you men and male-bodied people have been in charge and in power for so long and we fuck things up. And now it seems like we're we're all pretty well agreed, at least the people, maybe not the old dinosaurs in charge, but the people of the U.S. are pretty much agreed that it's time for women to be doing some stuff. And that means that men are going to have to take a back seat for a little while. Men are going to have to adjust. And... This is one of the adjustments that we're making. This is one of the big societal adjustments that I think anthropologists, if anybody ever looked at this in 50 years, would totally see this trend, and at least one of them would make this is this same assumption that I'm making right now. Because it is really hard right now to be a man and that might piss people off because it's all about women's rights and that's exactly why it's very hard to be a man is because it is all about women's rights and men who are in who are young right now young men are having a hard time because they didn't do anything they're not the ones in charge they're not the ones oppressing women they were raised at the in the, the same world that their 20-year-old female counterparts are in, and they did nothing wrong, and yet they're the ones making all of these adjustments, and awesome, great, make the adjustments, because we need the future to be different, but none of it is their fault. And I think we forget that sometimes. So I think it's really smart and cool that as a culture, we've all... Subliminally agreed upon one safe expression of masculinity, and I think one of the one of the reasons it is the beard is because, like I said at the beginning, almost anybody can grow a beard. And number two, you can see that masculinity from far, far away. You can see when you can see when a motherfucker has a beard. Like you can see when a guy has a beard from far away, and you'd be like, "Oh, that's a dude. He's got a two foot beard," and you can be pretty certain. So at least like you have at least you have that anyway this is a very very short episode but it's just a fun one i hope that this was fun for you and i hope this makes sense to you i i really do i hope this makes sense to you i hope you got a kick out of it because that's why i think everybody finds beards so sexy is it really boils down to it's one of the few safe expressions of masculinity that are available to men in 2023 I don't know any other safe expression of masculinity, one that won't get you ridiculed or called toxic or called conformist or whatever. There's not a lot of safety for men right now, and especially young men. And I think beards are how they're going about providing themselves with a a safe, pre-approved expression of their own masculinity all right thanks for listening i if you made it this far you didn't make it that far but you made it to the end (laughs) i appreciate you listening i hope that you have a fantabulous day and i hope that maybe this week don't take stuff so seriously. Maybe this week, let's just think on some big, philosophical, possibly controversial, but ultimately inconsequential subjects. Because that's a fun way to work your brain in a low-stakes environment, which actually is good for your ADHD, if any of you are like me and are ADHD babies. It's a great way because it teaches you how to focus in a not high-pressure environment. You want to know why ADHDers are also procrastinators? It's because we need those external expectations and limitations on us in order for us to function, in order for us to produce and and output the stuff that we need to. We need to have pressure on. That's what we're used to. That's part of the chronic stress adaptation. We, We need that stress. That's how we've learned to function. So, if you're an ADHD or brain um, or a chronic stress adapted brain, then enjoy. Have fun with this. Think about weird, inconsequential, high, my, like bird's eye perspective type of things. It's fun, it's a great way to pass your time. I've taken up enough of your time with this today. I hope you have a fantastic day. If you enjoy the podcast, consider becoming a Patreon member or donate and buy me a coffee. All the links are below. Thank you very much again for listening. And remember, stay curious, stay bearded, and stay uncomfortable.